Alrighty, you're listening to the <laughs> replay. I'm Chris. And I'm Corey. Our, and, our fearless uh, leader, Noel, uh, is experiencing technical difficulties that she cannot... It's out of her control. Yeah. Uh, so basically she bailed on us. Yeah. That we're just being nice. Is No, I'm just kidding. Uh, rather it's, than, it's been rough. Yeah, rather than skip the pod for a second week in a row, um, we... We're going to power through, and it's just going to be a boys-only podcast. <laughs> no girls allowed. Sorry, Mariel. <laughs> just kidding. No, that's okay. Uh, I, there's, it was a, it's been actually a pretty fun week when it comes to the whole sports. Like, the Tigers have been just, just racking them up. It's the NBA playoffs. It's the NFL. HL playoffs. Dear there you boy, go. I can't talk. Very good. It's been a fun week. <laughs> Just like nah, I, it it's finally good to see it. Uh, one of our sports teams playing well. Yeah, specifically <laughs> against the evil empire that is the New York <laughs> Yankees. I I honestly Clean sweep. I honestly thought that was going to be a really tough series. I was super excited for my yeah. uh my uh coal and that delivered mm-hmm. um i didn't yeah. get to watch a whole lot of the game but uh i was watching some of the highlights and stuff but mm-hmm. um yeah also well yeah let's just hop right into the tigers because i was about to say significant improvement from mice from the beginning of the season till now 100 like, he was throwing really well against the yankees the other day and that was again that was misers is was such a fun thing to watch his sinker's improving he's Really getting in, he's throwing it exactly where he's supposed to be, and you can tell he's kind of like now catching his groove to yeah. the point where like he's a reliable starter, which is which is kind of nice to see. Hopefully, it doesn't fall off, but as of right now, I'm loving what I'm seeing. Listen, I, I've said it once, and I'll say it again, and I think a lot of Tigers Twitter or just Tiger Brass in general are, are saying this now. Um, Chris Fetter, um, the Tigers pitching coach, um, is a godsend. Um, and again, just to reiterate, uh, pitching coach for U of M couple or even like the last college baseball world series, um, Michigan's top part of their team was starting pitching and those guys, I mean, Tommy Henry, um, there's a couple of Jeff Criswell, I think was on that team as well. Um, but uh, Chris Fetter did a phenomenal job, and you can really see it with some of these younger guys. Um, Mize looked not like a number one overall pick last year, um, mm-hmm. and now Mize is showing signs of you know a future ace. I, I don't want to yeah. put put all of the all of the chips in one basket, but now we're finally starting to see why Mize was this highly regarded and highly touted pitching prospect. Scooball has looked really. I think he's got three straight games with nine strikeouts, um, three yeah. straight starts. Um, and this last start was probably his most impressive of the season against the Yankees. Yep. That's super cool. Um, and then if 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 you're going to pick one feel-good story from the Tigers this whole year, the resurgence of Michael Fulmer has been – Yeah. It, it's awesome. been so cool because this is a guy <laughs> who – fun to watch. I, but he's he's been so hurt. And now he's pumping 100 miles an hour. I mean, even when he was healthy, he wasn't pumping 100 miles an hour. And dare I say, Uh the Tigers have found their closer. (laughs) Uh, He got, he got, he he blew a save. I get that. And maybe the past couple outings, he hasn't been as sharp, but still. Um, 
I want to I want to talk about uh, the and it's really unfortunate. I don't hate the Kansas City Royals, even though I should. Um, but they were they were literally good for two seasons. Made to the World Series twice, won and sucked again. Yep. Now they're now they're like competitive, but mostly mediocre. Their bullpen was all essentially failed starting pitchers. Yeah, really. Right, and I don't want to say. Michael Fulmer's a failed starting pitcher, but um, you can make a pretty decent career as a as a back of the back of the bullpen type guy. And uh, I I couldn't be more happy for Michael Fulmer just with all these injury histories and just kind of how he was mishandled a little bit by uh, this organization. Um, sure, it's it's cool to see some success from him, and he it's in great shape. I mean, he was pretty he yeah. was he was a chunky boy. Um, <laughs> But now he's like super slim and he's yucking a hundred miles an hour at the tail end of the bullpen. So I think the story of pitching uh, has been really cool to see. Boyd's fallen off a little bit, but we kind of expected that. Um, and I don't think he's pitched bad per se. It's just no. that he usually has an inning where uh, things kind of fall apart um, a little bit. I think he, against Cleveland, he gave up four runs and six innings which isn't great um but no. still showed sign he showed signs of getting out of jams and stuff and but sure. you can only get out of so many of those so i love matthew boyd yeah. i don't know why um he's but, a good number one which kind of seems he seems to be leading the leading the starting pitchers which is nice he's a good guy to learn from because I, yeah. I think he himself realizes that hey i'm obviously he's not uh a, a bona fide ace but he's like hey i'm gonna learn and I'm going to show these young guys what I know, and then maybe, you know, they'll be successful yeah. as well. Um, yeah, my favorite part from the past week has been Robbie Grossman's Robbie. Walk. Holy cow! Is that awesome? Down by one, bottom of ten. We two outs, full count. Robbie Grossman at the plate. We had a guy on third. All we need is a base hit. And he decides to close out the whole game and absolutely, what a moonshot. It was a pretty shot, too. And the best part drop. was, oh, my gosh, as soon as he hit it, that bat drop was, oh, my gosh. I was absolutely screaming. That's the second time he's had a walk-off in the past, I think, two weeks. He hit one yeah. against Kansas City. I remember that, yeah. Fat, yeah, that, that was wild. I know. what the love. The one thing that I'm loving is Robbie Grossman's stock is just going up. And I, the sad thing is, is I think we're going to trade him. Like, <laughs> but I don't trust, obviously, Alavila when it comes to it. But he has really proven himself. And he's, he's, he's hitting great. He's playing great. I, I can't say enough good things about him right now. That's, that's going to be interesting, um, what they do with him. Because yeah. he is on a two-year deal. So it's not like he's a rental. Um, so, but it's a it's a very cheap two year deal. So I think like you could treat him the same as like a, a deadline deal. Um, I don't I don't know what you'd get from, and obviously your expectations have to be at the absolute lowest or lower than yeah. lowest with Alavila as your GM. Um, yeah. But I think he would be a very I don't know. He's he's been a he's been an incredibly solid leadoff hitter for us, and I think has been part of yep. our turnaround because we didn't have anybody who was super solid. Um, no. But uh, no, I like what I like what you're thinking. 
there. Yeah. And then if you can keep hitting walk-off dingers, uh, keep, yeah. that, keep that stock going up, why not? Exactly. The only other Tigers news that I'm thinking about is as of – well, as of tomorrow, but technically – our first home game is June 8th, and we will be at full capacity, which is going to be pretty fun to see. Thank I'm kind of hope, yeah, I'm, I don't think it will be, but I wish, I kind of hope that we would have like an opening day type thing going on, but uh, it's going to be on a Tuesday night against Seattle, but I'm thinking about going. We'll see what happens. I'm sure tickets are going to be a lot cheaper now because seats are going to be big, but hey, come on up, buddy. Maybe we can. Uh, I got, I, man, it's it's a busy time. All the kids out of school gotta gotta do some gotta do some uh, some sort of event stuff for gotta them. Teach God to these kids. Yeah, the Lord, the Lord is the Lord is calling upon them. Um, yeah. I want to make another comment on the Tigers. Um, Go for it. And how many times we've talked about Akil Badu on this podcast? Yeah. Um, I I think we're past the point now where we can say this is going to be a solid player. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, he's he's batting. I mean, his his numbers aren't eye popping. He's batting two forty five. But I remember, like, religiously watching the games for like two weeks, and he was kind of hovering around that two hundred mark. And then mm-hmm. he's sitting at two forty five now. Um, and they're kind of talking about this. They're doing like a little analysis. Um, you know, the power is down. But you sacrifice power for patience and getting on base because Akil Badu still gets on base. He he generates walks, yeah, incredibly well for some for a player that's his age. Um, and I remember, I think I talked about this. Uh, there was two at bats in the Boston series that they should have won, which was I I was very mad about. Not very, but you know, I was upset. Mm-hmm. Um, there was two at bats where he started 0-2, and he stretched the at bat and got a walk both times. And it wasn't like three straight balls, not competitive pitches. No, they were like eight, nine, ten pitch at bats. And for a player that young, and he does strike out a lot. He swings and misses, whatever. But that's expected. Sure. But to see that discipline come into play then, even when he wasn't hitting at his, I guess, his peak of, uh, of batting average or whatever, shows you that this is a guy who's going to be able to dig himself out of a hole and figure it out. He had a home run today, solo shot. Um, so nice. you love to see that. Um, but did the, did the Tigers scouting do it again and find another yeah. solid MLB player? I think, I think, I think we're all in agreement that Badu will be better than I Victor agree. Reyes, but I don't think Victor Reyes is bad either. Um, no. And which his, he took his assignment well and batted essentially 400 in triple a. And now he's, back on the roster so um yeah that's something that people don't realize is if you're if you can sit at the plate for 10 pitches that's gonna add up really quick down the line and they're gonna use that starting especially if you're facing somebody who's halfway decent the quicker that you can get them out and get somebody new in usually the better off you're gonna be for the rest of the game right but which is uh, there's nothing more i love to see than some good old plate discipline but uh i I'm I again I totally agree that Badu is absolutely one of the best things we've seen to the Tigers for a while. Well, not the I'll say, say that one of the best things that has happened for the Tigers in a while, whereas we got something very cheap and turning out being an absolute rock star yeah. at the moment. So yeah. we're on every, a good path. When everything was going wrong for this team, we finally had a bright spot. But I, yeah. 
and now at least it's if they're not going to be good, at least be watchable. And we're yeah. getting to, we're getting to that watchability now. I mean, yep. sweeping the Yankees at home—that's cool. <laughs> like yeah, that, is. Uh, exactly. And you lose a heartbreaker to Milwaukee, but Milwaukee's got a really strong starting pitching staff. So yeah, they're not—they are no longer just like. But it was laying it over was, and dying. You know, it was Milwaukee in the tenth, though. Like it's not like we we like like we keeled over. We we still no. went to overtime on the Brewers. So like tomorrow. We can catch them. We can catch them the next. Or we're only playing two games against them, but we'll still, split. like, why yeah, why not split? Absolutely. We'll probably face Woodruff tomorrow. I'm guessing. Oh Lord. Yeah. <laughs> so that's Golly. Good. I know. If you thought Burns wasn't good enough, <laughs> in comes Woodruff. That's. Oh my uh, gosh, Burns today was just absolutely nasty too. That was that was wild to watch Burns pitch because he drops a sinker right in the outside corner like it's nothing. Like like he did it a hundred times. It is wild to watch. I don't what, know how he, <laughs> he struck out he struck out fifty six batters without issuing a walk this year to start the season. I mean that's just like and then and then Garrett Cole does oh it God. does it like like gets to like fifty seven strikeouts without issuing a walk. So I mean like it, it, it's the state of major league baseball. They unjuice the balls. They've I don't know if you've seen any of the stuff. Um John Boy media, I don't the copyright i don't know i'm just mentioning him um who cares um he he does like a lot of baseball like like lip reading like videos but he's also talking about like uh cheating and stuff oh i know who you're talking about yeah Yeah. so like i've seen another guy on like tiktok do like like look at like video and stuff and like talking about how pitchers are like hiding stuff in their gloves and like kind of like kind of like poking around in there and grasping on and then going to their hat or whatever and then a cardinals pitcher last week was told to to change his hat because there was a mark on it or something like that um and it's it's i would have to think that players that saw how the astro situation was handled it's like well they cheated nothing happened yeah and i'm gonna do anything i can get to get a competitive edge and exactly. Man, so let's do this. I also found it yeah. super interesting. I watched one of the John Boy videos. Um, rosin, which you know gives you grip on on the ball. And yeah. It's not so the the issue is 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 grip and and like like traction. I should say. Yeah. The, all all batters. The, essentially, what he was saying was that all batters want pitchers to have great grip because then it's like oh i'm not going to get a hundred mile per hour fastball thrown at my head you know because it's going to slip off their fingers so that's what the rosin does and then uh bullfrog sunscreen is like on pitchers arms and whatever um so when you combine the two both of those substances are legal by the way when you combine the two it makes every (laughs) it makes everything extra sticky so you'll see pitchers like with the sunscreen on like they'll just like toss up the rosin and throw the rosin on their arm they'll go to their arm and so what it does is when you throw the ball um you get it to stick to your fingertips for as long as possible and that creates spin rate and makes the ball move more so that's what the guy was saying so i'm not saying that guys like corbin Burns or Brandon Woodruff or whatever are doing this, but I think and Trevor Bauer was a huge component of the rosin and um, sunscreen combination. It's like, well, those yeah. aren't illegal. Major League no. Baseball isn't enforcing it, so we're gonna do it. 
Why so not? I think these guys are like, these things aren't illegal. We're going to do it. These pitchers, how they get their, they all use stuff. Like right. the, the, whether it's the resin, the bullfrog, whether they're pine tarn, whatever it is there, they are, the substances are what is making that ball move at the rate that it does. And without it, you're not going to see as crazy breaking balls. You're not going to see the sinkers getting thrown in. But to be honest with you, players are hitting them. It's making a competitive game, and it's so much fun to watch. Like if you can get a guy who can work the ball like that, I I think it's just it'll only do nothing but good things for the MLB. But again, I know here or there, some uh, people, I you don't like it, but yeah, but that's my two senses. I love seeing the ball break. I love I love watching those pitches sink in, but it does. It does make it harder on the hitters. More more bats, more hits would make it a more competitive game. But I mean, I'm not gonna say competitive, but more watchable to the common folk. But I don't know because guys like you and I, we can watch strikeouts all day long. We think they're absolutely nasty. But right, yeah. But <clears throat> but to but to an average fan in in a sport that needs to you know expand yeah. its fan fan base, how exciting like, is. So baseball is turning into the three true outcomes, the strikeout, the walk, and then the home run, right? Yeah. How many home runs do you see a game? Not very many, especially anymore. How many strikeouts and walks do you see in a game? A lot more. A lot more. So you could watch a full baseball game and... Get one home run. Get one home run, and then nothing happens the other half of the time. That's a good point. So like you and I can and Noel too can learn to appreciate like the art of the strikeout and all that stuff yeah. and watching it from the pitcher's perspective and like oh dude that's nasty but a casual fan isn't going to like that and then also you flip it to the players too if the players aren't getting their stats they're not hitting well they're not hitting home runs uh that's going to hurt their contract value and that's what's going to make things a little sure. bit difficult it's pitchers are going to get paid huge bucks and the hitters are going to be like well you suck so because you're not yeah. hitting home runs anymore <laughs> True. So, <sighs> how about them tigers? How about them tigers? Finally, competitive yeah. base. That is literally that is literally all we asked for. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Our expectations are so low. Oh, and yeah. to send Alavila to the moon. Yeah, that that too. Get him out of here. <laughs> Get him because you're going to send this rebuild back even further when you trade the guys that. Uh, I don't. I, I'm yeah. gonna. I'm gonna stress. I'm Hear gonna, me out. I can't. I can't. Do you talk think? Him. Do you think Steve Eiserman would stretch out to two teams? Do you uh, be like, you know I what? I sure hope so. During the off season, I'll manage. The, I'll manage the Tigers. <laughs> I sure hope so, man. Just put them on the board. Put them on the chair. Put them. Put them at least anywhere near Alavila. Oh, that'd be such a great day. Oh well. Any news on the Pistons? I know we heard. Uh, what was you said something about Jamie Grant? Right. We got some. Uh, I think I think he was I think he was snubbed, yeah. As most improved player, Julius Randle won. He's he's been very good for the Knicks, um, and he does average more points per game, more rebounds because he plays yeah. a different position, um, and essentially is part of a huge reason why the Knicks are in the playoffs. Yeah. But what what are we like? It's like it's like the MVP award. Does it go to it? Should it go to a player, like the best yeah. player, the most valuable player, or should it go to a player whose team is in the playoffs and was the reason that they're in the play? Whatever. How do you judge that? Um, yeah. But you? if if we're talking about most improved player, does that have to be to a playoff team? I don't no. think so. Because I don't think – there. you can't find me another player in the NBA 
that went from a bench roll guy to a borderline all-star. I mean, he should yeah. have been an all-star. If if I agree. If if the NBA had to if the NBA did that thing where they had to get a represent a representative from every team, he should have been an all-star. Yep. They got one from Orlando. That guy, he was like a 30 he was like a 34-year-old center who was a first-time all-star. Why is he getting represented? Yeah. I digress. Jeremy Grant should have won cuz I the steps that he went from um as a backup or as a sixth man uh to then basically the leader of a team. Yeah. It's also crazy to me for like <clears throat> I fully I fully agree with you that it's hard, especially that you lose Blake Griffin and Derek Rose, who on paper that's like, holy cow. But you can it's it's kinda it seems easy to me that Derek Rose went to the Knicks and now you're seeing highlights every like every week about Derek Rose, about something he done in the he is pushing, he's working hard, and that's just something we didn't see. Same with Blake Griffin, because they everyone got upset because always starts dunking now, he hadn't dunked in two years and on paper, Derek Rose and Blake Griffin are like, oh, wow, that's amazing. Why did we give up those guys? But they weren't trying. They're on a team that they knew just wasn't going to happen, and it's kind of it seems pretty evident that they just weren't trying, and now Derek Rose is on the Knicks lighting up. He looks awesome. Mm-hmm. And we didn't have even a sliver of that on the, on the Pistons. And then for Jeremy Grant to step up and to be now the guy that he was supposed to be and step up into that role, he's it's pretty stellar. I think there's a bit of truth to that. I, w- I would push back a little bit. Um, oh goodness! Uh, pause. Um, we're live. We're watching the the hockey games right now too. Um, yes. Game seven in Toronto. Montreal just took the lead. It's one nothing. Oh my Who goodness! Did? Montreal. <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> it was through the five hole. Jack can. Yeah. Uh, anyway, back to the topic at hand. Um, I think. Blake Griffin's role was a bit different on this team. He had to be oh, yeah. that pillar and helped and led to his injuries um which is why he didn't dunk um but now he's in sure. a different system he's coming off the bench so yeah. now he can he has a little bit more in the tank every game and he can push his body in different ways cuz i mean sure. Blake Griffin developed into a three point shooter when he was on the Pistons it wasn't yeah, everyone seems to happened. forget it's like okay he's not dunking whatever he's not trying no Blake Griffin was the offense for this yeah. team so, so like let's True. back off the slander and even like the pistons people are like tired of it it's on twitter or like nobody cares that he dunks four times a game again <laughs> like it's over like we're fine with it um sure. derrick rose uh i think people are focusing on him now because he's on the new york stage and he had these injuries um so now that he's playing in the playoffs well again he, he looks now you're gonna too. see more he looks good i don't think he wasn't trying on the pistons because he had to try um Otherwise, he wasn't going to get a shot. Um, but it, it could just be a media bias. I get it, but I I do. There is some truth to that because I think I think were they trying their hardest in Detroit? No, I would yeah. agree with you. Well, look at it's like oh, well, it's all. And I know this is kind of hard to say, but look at Taylor Hall. He's in Buffalo, and at some point, the tally mark on the on the L's kind of has to affect you somewhat mentally. And then mm-hmm. he gets the call up to Boston. Look at him now; it's like every every game we're getting some type of point out of Taylor Hall. That was but a, I, I, that was I understand a situation that. too. Yeah, that was that's it. Just I, I mean, I'm excited to see. Like it's almost like we lose. Like the Pistons lost Blake Griffin, and then. 
Jerry Grant comes up and goes lights out. It's almost like with the Wings, we lose Mantha, and then Verona comes out, and he's like, hey, I'm arguably the best player on the team right now, who, healthy player on the team. Arguably best player on the team. But I, I'm, I'm, I'm excited, especially on the Pistons side, because the guys who are there want to be there. Which it's evident, not that Derrick Rose wasn't, not that Blake Griffin wasn't, but the guys who are there, they're 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 doing a good job. They're they're getting their shot and they're all hustling, which is a lot of fun to watch these guys. And right. but I agree, I think Jeremy Grant should have got most improved player by far. Any player that goes from a bench player to to putting up the numbers that he did should be. I think so too. Yeah, but it's it's a it's a media bias. Yeah. Especially in the NBA, especially, especially the NBA. In the NBA, there's there's no doubt about it. I know, I know. I got work. Kelly's coming up to me like, "Do you watch in the game tonight?" And I was uh, my first, my first two responses are, "You mean the Tigers or the NF- NHL playoffs?" And they're like, "No, we're talking about the NBA play." And I just keep forgetting how big the NBA okay. <laughs> I, following I will, is. I will say this: I have been watching uh, the NBA games. Um, the playoff games they have been exciting for the most part except the bucks heat series was not um yeah however um they have been entertaining i i don't know yeah, if it's because this the the super team era but i mean i guess you have the nets and they've been you know kicking butt boston did steal a game out of that series i believe but yeah. i could i could sound like an idiot and not know what i'm talking about which maybe maybe I don't know. Just wait till LeBron gets salty and brings more, brings more superstars. Well, he's he's hurt. He's hurt, yeah, and now Anthony Davis is hurt. So like that's I mean those two are the team. So like yeah. for I I I'll give LeBron credit. I don't really like him all that much, uh, but he's he's a great player. Um, obviously, one of the greatest of all time, if not the greatest of all time. That's a different discussion for a different time. Um, but. Um, Le- LeBron and AD are the Lakers, if, and you oh, saw yeah. you saw how far they slid. I mean, they were they played in the play-in tournament, and that was yeah. because LeBron was hurt for thirty games, and then yep. Anthony Davis wasn't very high. I mean, they were rocking with Alex Caruso, who yeah, you know, <laughs> um, so like their core players have or like their you know their supporting cast has to sign to like league minimum deals. Because the yeah. just their cap is so ridiculous, so like I understand that, but I also, to me, that's good for the NBA. I would think to have no more super team because then it's just it, it's again you. So prime example, the Utah Jazz were the are the number one seed in the NBA uh, for mm-hmm. the playoffs this year. Best top five offense, top five defense. Oh, yeah. Run into the buzzsaw that is the Memphis Grizzlies of all teams. And John Morant has been playing spectacular these first these first yep. few games. Um, they didn't have Donovan Mitchell uh, game one. But still, the Grizzlies are, are an eight seed. And if you want to look at it this way, being nitpicky, the Grizzlies should have been the nine seed and not in the playoffs because they yep. won their play-in tournament games. Um so they stole game one. That doesn't. That has not happened in the NBA oh, yeah. the past few years. It's just been yeah. The, the eight seed can't even compete with no with you know the one seed. Um, so that's kind of. I mean, yeah. and we're seeing it in the East. It's the the Sixers are going to win their series tonight, um, but. I mean that gives as a as a fan who loves you know parody that kind of gives me some hope that yeah. you know once the super team era is done we can 
now see an NBA that you know is focused on teams again and not just players. So, yeah, I agree. <sighs> yeah, uh, I think the only news we got on the lines is Todd Gurley, right? I wonder. They just gotta quit, quit, quit playing with us, playing with our emotions. Yeah. Um, also, can we establish some run game, please? That'd be. Well, I would like think some solid, solid backfield would be awesome. That's We've why had a, he's a rough couple of years. That's why he's coming because the yeah. offensive line is the number one strength. I agree. And I think every 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 competitive playoff team has had a phenomenal offensive line, mm-hmm. and that's why you saw the Chiefs play as poorly as they did in this year's Super Bowl because yep. uh, two key members of their offensive line were not playing in the Super Bowl. Yeah. So people don't realize they, especially like I mean, sports people in general who just they love the NFL, they love the Sundays. They don't realize how much the offensive line holds the show. Yeah. If you want a good quarterback, give him an extra second and a half and watch what happens. Yeah. Like people don't realize like a lot of quarterbacks were, and there, here's what this is what I'm excited about about Jared Goff the most, and I think that's why Penny Sewell was the best decision was. And I know I'm not giving some looks. He's no, also side note, all the beat reporters from the Rams right now are talking about how crazy excited they are from Stafford because they're watching him practices like has an arm like a cannon and decision make. Yeah, he's. I'm not saying Goff is way better. Uh, Goff is way worse than Stafford. Thank but you. yeah, my bad. But we're gonna see something different out of the Lions now with a really solid O line, and I'm really excited for it. Well, they have to establish the run. Yeah, they have no choice. No, Jared Goff is not. You're not going to be able to pull off the same plays. Also, who's he throwing to? Exactly, a hundred percent. Your your best receiver could potentially be your fourth round pick, which is not a good. It's not a no. good start. I mean that T.J. Hawkinson will be there, so that'll be a security blanket. And I think you can mm-hmm. if you can if you can develop the run and then have a you know competitive tight end game, you could have a pretty solid offense. I'm actually. Dare I say, excited to see this offensive line in action. I'm, 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 I think that is going to be. Uh, it should be because it's their strength. That's going to be very fun to watch. There, I, I would be, I would be very surprised, and maybe, maybe it's a prop bet someplace. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, well, I'll, I'll give you my, my Corey guarantee. The Lions will have multiple hundred-yard rushing games this year. Yep. Write it down. Oh, yeah. I They're going to – multiple. Yep. It's going to happen. I fully agree. So – and there, everyone, people who are listening could be like, well, that's dumb. Of course they should have more than one 100-yard rushing game. Well, you see. <laughs> Let's go back in the history books a little bit there. The you last 100-yard want- rusher was on Johnson against the Patriots – Two seasons ago, I believe. Fact check me. No, but, you're right. So, that's bad. Yeah, it is bad. Also, here's my here's my thing too. That's going to be nuts about this season now with Todd Gurley is well, he hasn't we signed picked, yet. We hasn't signed, but Jamal Williams, we picked him up. He was running with the he was running with Green Bay behind Aaron Jones. Um. DeAndre Swift, who was a great pickup last year and really carried the weight when Carrion was out, mm-hmm. he was fantastic. And with um, it was AD, sorry, AD, or AP Adrian Peterson, he was doing really good. But 
DeAndre Swift really stepped up when he need to. We also have Rakeem Boyd, who's going to be at least ah, I forgot show up at Boyd. some point. We got Rakeem Boyd showed up at some point, and I think he's he might steal the show in time, which is going to be really fun to watch. But if we also have Todd Gurley, that means we're going to be running DeAndre Swift, Jamal Williams, Rakeem Boyd, and then Todd Gurley. And what do you do there? Like you, it, we better we better have hundred yard season. Well, I I think that if they do sign Gurley, I hope they do. Um, yeah, I do too. Because he's his his biggest knock is that he can't stay healthy. Well, oh, I'm sorry. I just this. You're fine. They just Montreal just missed a wide open net. Campbell played the puck wrong. <gasps> um, what was I saying? Uh, Todd Gurley, Todd Gurley injury injury problems. Um, if he's if he's not going to be the bell cow, yeah. I mean Todd Gurley's a freak. Everybody knows that. Hmm. If he's not going to be the bell cow, you could put him in. You know, you could have a very nice rotation, running back rotation, and there's very few um, one-man show running back rooms in the NFL today. I think I can name two. Um, yep. Josh Jacobs in uh, Las Vegas with the Raiders. And yep. um, Christian maybe Christian McCaffrey, yeah. No, could he be considered? Or Derrick um, Henry. Derek Saquon, Henry. Well, Saquon Barkley when he's healthy. But when no, Derrick healthy. Henry's definitely the other guy. It's definitely Derrick Henry. That guy is an absolute monster. He's Dear built Lord. like an offensive lineman. Also, side note, we need to do a fantasy football podcast once we get closer. We gotta we have to break down at least a ton da, of da, stuff. Da, da, da. Sure. Because Derrick Henry is definitely someone who is just almost unbreakable. Which He's is so much man. he is nuts. He is absolutely nuts. I wish we had someone like Derrick Henry with our O-line because that would be one of the greatest things I've ever seen in my entire life. But who knows? We'll see what happens. But there, we've, there's been a long line of, like, I mean, here's a great example of Le'Veon Bell coming from the Steelers, doing absolutely fantastic. And then he goes to the Jets, and then no one even no one really hears about him after that. And then he gets traded over to... Like, if you would have told me four years ago that Le'Veon Bell... Would be the second string for the Chiefs. I'd have been like, haha. Not even. He'd be, he's like third. He's like third. Yeah, exactly. Like, haha. Yeah, that's hilarious. Le'Veon Bell, the absolute lights out running back who's been for the past couple of years. But that's what happens. You And so we will see star. Like, that's another thing, too, is like on the business side of football is like, if we have. Oh, I'm sorry. If we have. Ah. Three, if we have three running backs and they're all doing really great over our own line. It's just more trade volume for us down the line. So I'm hoping we have a lot of really, really good running backs and we make them look really good and they get touches, they get scores, and we. but it'll be cool. It's going to be see what the Lions do this year. It's going to be really, really cool what the Lions do this year. But. Well, if anything, it's just going to keep them all fresh and healthy. Yes, exactly. That'll be fun. What a season's going to be. Uh, how long? I'll leave. I'll leave. I'll end it with this one. How long do you think until the Lions make playoffs? I don't want to answer that question. <laughs> you could turn it around very quickly in the NFL. Yeah. I would. I would hope. I mean, I would hope it's relatively quick because you don't know what you don't know what's happening with Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers this year. That'll be fun. I honestly. I mean. I like I this is this is crazy. I don't know what changed. I ended up liking Justin Fields mostly because I think I thought that the Lions were going to take him. Um, sure, he does. I because I, I, I heard more things about him. Um, 
you know, he's got he's got a competitiveness in him and and whatnot. It's just will he be able to translate that to the NFL? Regardless. Uh, so you got that with the Bears and then the Vikings. I like Kirk Cousins as well, but Kirk Cousins is not going to move the needle. No. 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 So so you've got you've got two teams that have uncertain futures in your division, and then one Mitchell Trubisky. <laughs> no, I mean he's gone. He's with, he's backing up uh, Josh Allen in Buffalo now. Oh, is he really? <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh, what was I saying? Uh, so yeah, you've got you've got some question marks in that division. Yeah. We're, with, I guess if you get an answer for the Aaron Rodgers saga, however long he stays. So if if for some reason he's gone. That division is wide open now in my eyes. Yep. So you have to do something to pounce on that. Now, if it's if we're still dealing with the same old Lions, we're going to fall flat on our face and finish last in the division, and then sure. our hopelessness continues. However, if we're looking at this from a logical perspective, um, this is a good time to be in a rebuild. Yeah. I would guess. Because it seems like Rodgers' time in Green Bay is numbered, um, and you have some question marks at the quarterback position with the other two teams in the division. So even if one of those teams figures it out, um, usually every division has two top dogs. Yeah. So That is a funny thought to think that if, if Aaron Rodgers doesn't make it, Goff just has to go up against Kirk Cousins, Justin Fields, or is it it's Nick Foles, right? I believe Foles is that in the Bears. Uh, no, Andy Dalton. <laughs> yep. So you're telling me that if if Rodgers gets traded out of the division, that we're going against Green Bay with who knows what? They'll have Bryce Love or Bryce, Bryce Lo- not or Jordan Love. Excuse me, Jordan Bryce Love. Love is a running back. Jordan Love, Andy Dalton. I think if I think that um that uh Justin Fields would probably show up quicker than you think. Then at that point, yeah, but I would I would bet the Vikings to win the division hands down. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So we'd be second behind the Vikings this season. This season? No, I'm not. not. I'm not saying this season. I'm saying that if it's because, I mean, not everyone's going to be Justin Herbert. Like, no, you're not going to have like one really good season. Where you're just like, I love holy cow, Justin how, Herbert. Yeah, I love Justin Herbert too. It's not going to be like holy cow. It's just, but I mean, I'm not saying this season, but I'm saying a lot can happen in a year. So that's what I'll say. I look at last year. And I, this year. I admire, I admire your optimism, but I'm, I will forever be a skeptic until I see <laughs> something different. Cause this is what's going to happen. And this is what happens every year. You're just not I tasting s- the kneecaps, Corey. No, let me finish. <laughs> I sit here all summer and I am like, lions suck. Why am I a fan of this team? I should just, Sell my phantom to somebody else, blah blah. Which I don't. I mean, I have everybody sure. in Detroit has a B team. Mine happens to be the Raiders. Don't ask me why. Um, <laughs> but why do I keep putting myself through this? And then we get to the preseason. I usually go to a preseason game. It's fun because it doesn't really matter. And then we get to week one, and I'm like, I'm excited. New season, yeah. you know, whatever. And then the Lions do good, and it's like, is this the day? Yeah. <laughs> is this the day we shed the same old line? And then swift drop in the end zone <laughs> against the Bears. I forgot about to that. To open the season. I'm just like, oh, 
Oh, uh, pray. Oh, oh Lord. Um, fun. So. Oh, boy. Well, hey. We still have one team that we always love no matter what. The Detroit Red Wings. The Blash Hill Extensioners. Why? That's my question. Why? Why are we extending Blash? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It, it, this is I, this has been the most head scratching thing of the Eisenman era. You, you, it's not. It's not just the fact that Blashell has has been below expectations. Um, it's the fact that you have so many other options that you could do. Yeah. Larry, Igor Larionov has kind of been thrown around. He wants to coach in the NHL. You would think, why not the Red Wings? Got history there. Yeah. Makes sense. Played with Eiserman. Maybe Eiserman doesn't like his coaching style. Whatever. Um, number two, Gerard Gallant, which yeah. is, I've been yelling from the rooftops for, um, and is a coach that coaches well ex- exactly with a young team. Yeah. He coached Vegas to the Stanley Cup final in their first year with a ragtag group of players. He coached Florida to a, I don't think it was a division championship, but he coached Florida to the playoffs and, yep. and whatnot. Gallant is a good coach, and he's had success yeah. wherever he's gone. And now, I I thought that would be the easiest transition. Blashell coaches the COVID year, and then Eisenman transitions to the guy that he wants. Um so now I think Gallant's going to go coach in Seattle. I think that's a I slam agree. dunk, whatever. And that's going to be really interesting that Gallant coaches coached for Florida and then two NHL expansion teams in their first season. Write that down because yep. I think it's going to happen. Um, I agree. But <clears throat> I agree with you. This. Yeah. I, what about John? Not a Columbus. What was wrong with John? Torts? Yeah, we're not torts. He, he's he's very abrasive. I don't think I know he's abrasive, but I don't think uh, I don't think a a young core would uh, <laughs> go well with that. Um, like some he's old a great high coach. school coach, great oh, yeah. coach, but yeah, I don't. I just so Eiserman must be seeing something in Blashell that we don't, and maybe it's that he's been a winner wherever he's been. I don't get it. I really don't. And I think his track record speaks for himself. I mean, he puts he put together some putrid seasons. Yeah. And, I mean, COVID wasn't as bad. They actually played pretty well down the stretch. Um, yeah. But still, he made the playoffs once, and that was the tail end of the, you know, the Red Wings dynasty. So, I mean, you could have had, you could have had a remote control. No, not a remote control. You could have had a orangutan coach that team and they would have made yeah. it to the playoffs somehow and then yep. I don't know I just didn't see a whole lot of coaching progress me either doesn't make any sense no it doesn't make any sense either I mean two year uh, deal it's not that much but still I, I, I would have been excited if it was just a one like one year would have been a lot better but two is just like oh oh boy but I mean does well, I know I don't think it's gonna happen but does anybody know when John Cooper's contract Runs out. Tampa's coach. So I think it's. I think it's. I think it's interesting. I think it's interesting that Blash only signed for two years. 
Sure. And everyone's kind of saying that, okay, we need to sign a bridge deal for Bertuzzi, Vrana. Yeah. So where we get competitive again. Yeah. Is this essentially a bridge deal to get to the next level for another another coach? I don't. I, I think Tampa would be ridiculous for letting him walk, but I just I made that connection right now. But would Cooper come for Eiserman? That's the other question. I think so. Yeah, I do. I do too. They have a good. They have a good relationship. So yeah, that's the thing. Is like I mean. Tampa would be a hard time to walk, but it's like you have Steve Eiserman with the chance of like a lifetime. And you know, like you know Steve wants it. Like if anybody wants the Red Wings, like if anyone wants a team to get better better than anybody, it's, it's Steve Eiserman right now in, the, in this league. And I, I can't see beyond a shadow of a doubt that like someone who's worked with him at Tampa to have success at Tampa to win, well, they won a Stanley Cup, but to now come over and to see what and he has they all he knows what built the team. Cooper knows what built the team. Like it wasn't it wasn't the GM that came out. I don't even know who came after Eiserman, but it was not the GM that came after Eiserman. But why not? Do it again. It'll take a couple of years, but honestly the bridge deal is probably the most logical thing that makes sense. He has she has his eye on somebody maybe and But why would it be either of those guys? I know. I don't know. I, that's so I don't know, and that's my thing too. Is like I'd rather not have Blash and have somebody new here to because we're gonna see these guys for a long time. Like I don't think we're just gonna be trading away all these prospects we we drafted. <laughs> so they're gonna be worked with. I I mean I wish we had, but I don't know. Doesn't make sense. But trust the eyes are playing. I think is what we've been screaming for the past two years. But yeah, follow uh, blindly. Uh, <laughs> wow, Montreal, two goal lead. There we go. Oh, that's let's see it. This team, this team is cursed. Or Toronto, they're cursed. <laughs> Those Choking guys. It up. Yeah, not great. Um, you had a question for me, Corey. Yeah, I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. I thought about this. How would I phrase it? So all. All everybody's talking about with Edmonton's, frankly, embarrassing first-round performance in this year's playoffs yep. with the talent that they have on that roster, specifically McDavid and mm-hmm. Dreisaitl. And, you know, they're very top-heavy. I understand that maybe their role players aren't that great. Definitely sure. need to figure out a goaltending situation because although Mike Smith played well, Mike Smith is not going to take no. you to the next level. Um, <clears throat> no. People are saying get McDavid out of there. Do something. I thought oh, about this Corey. the other day. Oh, Corey, I, are you about I, to say what I think you're about to say? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask you the question. How do you? First off, what's a realistic package? How do you judge that <laughs> for a McDavid? Like, because okay. I'm just because like look, Gretzky, greatest player, yeah. arguably the greatest player, was traded. Yeah, he was. And, watch uh, also everyone. There's a good time to watch King's Ransom on thirty yeah, thirty. Sorry, right? Go ahead, keep going. No, no, exactly. <clears throat> Gretzky was traded, and that maybe a little bit different. Trying to get, I think that know. was a four player deal too. I'm pretty sure they got four players from the Kings yeah. for the Gretzky, and I think there was draft picks as well. Yeah, which is just wild. Yeah, who would you trade? That's what. Like I like I know it's ridiculous. And no, I. 
Well, here's the thing: is if we're gonna do it, where like, do you could start? You, yeah, where one? Where do you start? But to kind of to kind of drizzle some some honey on the top of your idea, um, what a like we what a better time than now. You know what I mean? Like we just like they want McDavid out. Everyone's saying get McDavid out. The team needs something else. They need something new because they're they are established. Like that's the thing is their roles are established and they've had pretty much similar guys in there for the past couple of years. Oh man, Corey, I don't know. Um I think you're gonna like I can't see how you don't lose Larkin. That's my thing. Like I don't see how you lose or Verana. That's the thing. Verana like Well Verana. Yeah. Yeah. Like what, you, but would they even want Verana? Like, yeah. What would, no. what would a package look so like I, I I'm thinking of it this way. Obviously it would include picks. Yes. It would include And which we which we have for which the record. we have. But so has to be a first or a number of firsts. Has to be yeah. a second including a second and a number of seconds, which the Red Wings are the one team that has a number of second round picks. Mm-hmm. And then what do you think? Like cuz how do you structure it? So I know Drysdale has a pretty ridiculous contract. Um, yeah. I think he's getting like eight or nine million dollars next to McDavid, of course. McDavid's um, like thirteen and a half. But I guess this is another follow-up question. I think you could really build a team around Drysdale. Yeah. As, oh, as dude, your guy, don't even. Yeah, well, obviously sorry, you could. No, but like, I love Drysdale. So much, like he is so underrated because he's playing behind Connor McDavid. Like he's the number two center anywhere else, anywhere else besides Edmonton, he'd be number one. It maybe not Colorado, but everywhere else besides Colorado and everywhere else besides Edmonton, you have a number one center. Like Drysaddle is fantastic, mm-hmm. but oh man, yeah, they have to do something. Also, I mean, I know I've said Ryan Nugent Hopkins for the past couple of months He's now, but back. yeah, exactly. He's not going back. I would love to, if we can't get one of those two. I'd love to pick up Ryan Nugent Hopkins. But back to your original question, I think you lose Larkin. Okay. Um, I think the captains get traded. I think we lose two firsts and like two seconds. That's what I can, and I can see that being. I can see that being taken. Like that's that's something I could be like, and like I can see them like, maybe not take it, but I can see them at least consider it because that's not that's something that's like. Well, this is. I mean, this in theory is such a ridiculous. Oh yeah. Like question to begin with, I'm thinking of what it's happened. I'm thinking of it more from a player perspective. So I mean, obviously, like I first and the second is on the table. And I was going in my head as like, how do you keep the majority of your core players? Yeah. Um, so in my eyes, you would have to get solid role players that would that would uh, complement a guy like Drysaitel. Because uh, essentially, yeah. you could trade Drysaitel, but then I think that would just piss off McDavid even worse. Yeah. Because um, it's like, oh, you know, I'm this great player. I don't know. I think in that situation. If you were to tra- if you I think you can only trade McDavid if you're Edmonton because if you trade away Drysaddle that's worse but like Drysaddle isn't your 
like dry is a phenomenal player but he isn't the generational talent that mcdavid is and that's yeah. like just if you trade dry then that just pisses mcdavid off even more um but i'm thinking about it this way first and a second zadina obviously is gone yep. is gone and then do you just stockpile a bunch of like the younger play? like a rat i think rasmussen has a lot of promise yeah. obviously he i don't think he has a whole lot of value um but if you do that, Zadina, Rasmussen, first and second. Um, yep. And again, this is, not, this is not a – no, I'm still – you would have to add to that too. Yeah, there has to be more. Um, but like – I guess what I'm trying to say is like I think of my mind McDavid, I just think of like a hat trick every night. You know what I mean? Like holy cow. Like that's like absolutely – like the numbers he put up was just like absolutely ridiculous. So it's like – Oh my God! Zadina, um, Rasmussen, Verana, first and a second. Because the because you have yes. to think like would you you could fill Zadina and he's a he's a he's a support player and I think he's got, he's about to pop off. I really do. I do like too. as a goal scorer. Um, Rasmussen seems to be a pretty smart and big body, mm-hmm. but he's also a talent. So like Edmonton tried that with uh, with Lucic didn't work. Um, Edmonton tried that with Neil. Kind of worked, not really. Um, so you have a skilled, big-bodied player who's trying to learn how to use a side. I think they would be interested in a player like him. Sure. Verana, How's defense? What? How's Edmonton's defense? It's okay, but like Chalowski, we're not giving up Cider. No way. No. But I mean, I mean, you would think about it if Mc, McDavid. If you got McDavid, yeah. But exactly. still, I don't. I don't think Eisenman would do that either. No. Um, and again, this is su- pre- prefacing it. This is such a ridiculous conversation. We don't believe this would actually happen. We're just walking through what we're we're trying to walk through a conversation of what would be a realistic and acceptable trade. And even when we're talking about it now, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Like you said, like a dry sidle. Yeah. So you if you're going to trade McDavid, but you still want to be a competitive team with a dry cycle, then you need to find as many support players, talented support players as you can possibly find. Um, and Zadina fits that bill. Rasmussen is young, but I think could fit that bill. Verana, absolutely. I mean, um, and I think he would be a more talented player than most on Edmonton's bottom six. Yeah. Or maybe even maybe even more on the top six side. I'm not really quite sure. Like Zach Cassian, I think is a top four or is a top six wing. Yeah. I would take. I mean, Verona's smaller, but you definitely yeah. have more talent with that. Mm-hmm. With you have a more you have better supporting talent for that trade. Yeah. Now, is it ridiculous? Yes. I don't know how you val. I don't know how you value or evaluate a Connor McDavid trade. Yeah. But I don't. I, I think. I think what I'm getting at is this. I don't think it'd be crazy for the Red Wings to at least try. Yeah. I think I they either. could. I think there's a way that they could do it without totally getting rid of everybody and potentially keeping a Larkin. Yeah. Most likely not. But and if this was ever going to happen in any GM situation, I want Eisenman. Yeah. To, I do too. To try also. Eisenman and Holland has had conversations before. We did send Mike Green there. We did send um, 
Who else did we send? We sent someone else to... We sent two people to Edmonton. We sent Mike Green, and then we sent someone right after that. Who was that? Anthony Sioux. Yes. We sent Anthony Sioux, and we sent Mike Green. We have done trades in the past with Edmonton, and we'll having that Ken Holland relationship. I definitely think somebody... I think Dreisaitl, McDavid, or Ryan Nugent Hopkins, one of those three are going to go... In the well, offseason. Ryan Nugent's walking. I could see oh, him easily. Yeah, I could see I, him easily. I, I think he'd fit perfectly here. Oh, my gosh. If we could get a dry side of McDavid, dude, uh, that would be... <laughs> if we could get one of those guys... If we could get one of those guys, I would, would literally... I would... Yeah, dude. I would literally crap myself. I would. It would be the best day of my life. Like, it. oh, my gosh. Could you imagine the ticket sales after? <laughs> but here's also the thing, and this is what I was talking about like a couple months ago: is if we're gonna get a big name, now's the time to do it. Like we have the money, we have the we have the picks, we have we have the perfect opportunity to get a big player if we want to get a big player. Now's the time. So I agree. I think it's a good time. To, I think I think it wouldn't be crazy for them to do it. They'll make a splash. Yeah, they will. At some point, we'll see. They'll sign. They will sign one big name free agent this year. I agree. My money would be on Ryan Nugent Hopkins because I think it, I also agree. as far as as far as the center capabilities, it makes way too much sense. And we need it. And it would take a lot of stress off of Larkin's shoulders, which I, I think was definitely felt this year for a oh, lack of yeah. production. So, oh, Hopkins and um, Ron on the same line would be so much fun to watch. Oh man! But. And then we always seem to forget about uh, Robbie Fabry. Yeah, I mean, because he's not like a superstar by any means, but still, like I always forget. Like, he oh yeah, that's a talented winger. Well. You know, yeah. Just don't yeah, put him at does. center. Don't you dare put him at center. <laughs> don't you dare. Don't you do it. <sighs> man, that was a good one. <laughs> I, th- I, I thought it was a good question. I I legitimately yeah. thought it, it could be some good conversation. Yeah, I agree. Hey, uh, the and needless to say, we are excited for the wings, and there's a, there's some something big is going to happen this season. Something so. big, and who knows? Maybe the Tigers Tigers are eleven games under five hundred. Who knows? Maybe they win twenty straight and we get to the playoffs. Nope, not going to happen. Stop it, Corey. Come on, and we get McDavid. Stop. <laughs> yep. And we get Stafford back. I'm just kidding. Okay. <laughs> well, hey, uh, we covered a lot of ground today. We did. <laughs> that was pretty good. good. The the re uh, <laughs> replay. Yeah. And uh Noel sadly couldn't make it, but she'll be on next time. And uh as always guys, thank you for listening. And uh I'll throw I'll throw Noel at the outro so you get to hear her voice this podcast. But uh, besides that guys, we will see you guys soon. Deuces. Bye. Hey everybody, this is Noel. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the CNC replay. Please subscribe and rate us five stars as it really helps us out. And give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter at CNC Sports Pod. We'll see you next week.